الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل للمؤمنين يغضوا من ابصارهم ويحفظوا فروجهم ذلك ازكى لهم ان الله خبير بما يصنعون صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان لكل دين خلقا وخلق الاسلام الحياء او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ريسبكتد علماء الكرام ايلدرز بلاو برادرز ان اسلام وي هاف انترد انتو ذات بارت اوف ذا ييير وير ذير ايزيست ان انفايرمنت اوف يوفوريا اوف ريلاكسيشن حالات كونديشنز ان ون سينس ار ديفرنت ذس ييير ان ذا سينس ذات we have this concern about the virus and its effects on our freedoms in life but regardless of that this period of year end or december is synonymous with vacation with relaxation with us taking our foot off the pedal i remember in 1995 our jamaat was in gharbul amman western part of amman the capital of jordan at the markaz and one of the senior akabirin he sat with the south african jamaat six or seven brothers and he mentioned a few things to us amongst them one pertinent point he said for a muslim for a person of iman there is no such thing as a vacation or a holiday this mindset that i can take my foot off the pedal or i can relax he said for us relaxation is in the qabr where if we have pleased allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the announcement will be made according to the hadith nam kanomatil arud that sleep like a bride sleeps on the first night life in this world every moment is a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this drive by the media or the environment around us that now is vacation time now is relaxation time there is a sense of euphoria take it easy behind this is what behind this is an attempt to open the door to masiyat to open the door to the disobedience of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what is of greater concern is that when it comes 
to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's disobedience, to that which is ma'asiyat, to that which is against the very grain of shariat. We are living in a very, very dangerous time or period where not only the enemies of Islam are attempting to drive us towards the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is this very real attempt through the media, through various channels, under these so-called fancy titles, Islam is a contemporary religion, Islam is an enlightened religion, Islam is a religion that keeps up with the times. And under these fancy titles to make deen islam more palatable, acceptable to the Yahud and the Nasara or the enemies of Islam, there is a very real attempt to distort the very shariat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa In layman's terms, what I am saying, my respected brothers, this drive and attempt to make that which is haram into halal. And one great avenue or area wherein this attempt is being made under the guise of female rights, under the guise or the fancy title of gender equality, there is a very real attempt to take our masturat, to take our women folk, that maqam, that status, Allah accorded or afforded a mother, Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, one day he is kissing the feet of his mother. This is a great Imam of Hadith. He knew several hundred thousand ahadiths by heart, thousands of disciples and followers. Yet such humility is kissing the feet of his mother. His mother says, what are you doing? How can you kiss my feet? What is his response? He says, I am not kissing your feet, I am kissing my jannat. Why? Because Rasulullah Sallallahu said, if you want Jannat, where will you find it? Inna al-Jannata tahta aqadamil ummahat. You will find Jannat underneath the feet of your mother. That maqam, a wife, Allah's Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you want my closeness, mafum of the hadith. You want inna mina habbikum ilayya wa aqrabakum minni majlisa. You want the love of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You want the closeness of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. You want to be close to your Nabi on the day of judgment. He said you will find it in treating your wife in a good manner. When it comes to the sister, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, when it comes to one's sisters, when it comes to one's daughters, do not distinguish between them and your male offspring. Treat them correctly. If it is your sister or your daughter, get them married. Spend upon them. And what did Rasulullah say? Mafum of the hadith, I'm not going into the details. He said, you and me will be like this, two fingers together on the day of judgment. That maqam, that status Allah accorded, Allah and His Rasul wasallam accorded to our masturat. Whether it is the robe of a mother, whether it is the robe of a wife, whether it is the robe of a sister, whether it is the robe of a daughter. There is this drive by the enemies of Islam to distort this, that Islam, na'uzubillah, is unfair toward the women. Islam does not accept gender equality. Fancy titles are given. Behind this is what? A drive to take women out of that status, that position, that maqam, that chastity, that modesty, 
that protection which Allah and His Rasulullah have given them, take them out of the home, make them a commodity of the marketplace. We are living in an era or a period where on the one hand this is referred to as insaniyat, on the other hand look around you. They want to sell a washing machine, you'll see a picture of a naked woman. They want to sell a loaf of bread, picture of a naked woman. They want to sell a car, picture of a naked woman. And what this is referred to? Giving women status, giving them position. This is not giving women status and position. My respected brothers, in reality, this is stripping them of the very essence of izzat, dignity and honor, which Allah and His Rasul have given them. We have reduced them to a commodity of the marketplace. Islam will never tolerate this. Islam will never allow this. Islam has clothed women, has given them that maqam, that status, that honor. And their honor and their dignity primarily is in protecting their chastity. A few years ago, in Aligarh University in India, there was some charcha going on. What was the charcha? Air hostess, Swiss air hostess has accepted Islam. She's going to give a talk to the female students of the university. Tell somebody some molisab or some mullah came to give a talk, maybe there might be some interest. Swiss air hostess that has accepted Islam. There was excitement. The auditorium was packed with the masturat of that university. When the curtain dropped, the sight that met their eyes, one was the mental expectation prior to the talk. Now what was in front of them? This went against the very grain of what they were expecting. A woman completely clad in parda from head to toe, completely covered. When their gazes fell upon her, they could not, they could not suppress and contain their shock and surprise. So a hush reverberated throughout the entire auditorium. She sensed this. And what did she say? The crux, one sentence. She said, the forces of batil, in other words, the enemies of Islam. The forces of batil, the enemies of Islam. Who are they? Quran, they may hide behind the media. They may hide behind the so-called academia. They may hide behind fancy theories. But what does Allah tell us? وَلَن تَرْضَى عَنْكَ الْيَهُودُ وَلَن نَصَارَى حَتَّى تَتَّبِعَ مِلَّتَهُمْ The Yehud, the Nasara, the Ghair of Islam, they will never, never, ever be your friends. They will never, ever be happy with you. حَتَّى تَتَّبِعَ مِلَّتَهُمْ Until you do not conform to their way of life. They will not tell you openly, dress like the Yehud and Nasara, adopt the values of the Yehud and Nasara, adopt the values that go against the very grain of Quran and Sunnah. They will not say it to you openly. They will hide behind these fancy terms, these fancy theories. But the reality Quran opens for us, they will never ever be satisfied till they do not distort your very essence of Islam. She stands in front of them, clothed fully in parda, from head to toe. And what does she say? Poignant words. Words for us to ponder and think about. She says, 
the enemies of Islam, the forces of Batil have spat. They took the masturat, they took the women of this ummah, they took the women of humanity and stripped them of their cloak of dignity and haya and shame and modesty and chastity which Allah and His Rasul gave them. Under the guise of gender equality and fancy titles, they took them out of the home. They gave them the drive to excel in the marketplace. They gave them the drive to sell themselves in the marketplace, to compete in the marketplace. And because of that, the very essence, the structure of the household broke down. Children lost their identity. Because the fact of the matter, my respected brothers, the real responsibility which Allah has given the masturat of this ummah, has given your mother and my mother, has given your wife and my wife, has given your sister and my sister, has given your daughter and my daughter, the real responsibility which Allah gave them, the real maqam and status which Allah gave them, if it was said to them, kan kol kar sun lena, listen with the ears of iman, if it was said to them, move mountains, that would have been easier than the responsibility which Allah and His Rasul gave to them. What was that responsibility? That responsibility was that they were made the first madrasa of Islam. That the Junaid Baghdadis and the Rabia Basris of tomorrow, rahimahumullah, generally, illa mashallah, will not come from the fathers. The Junaid Baghdadis and Rabia Basris of tomorrow will come from the lap of the mothers of this ummah. If they will have the cloak of haya, of shame, of modesty, if they will have the cloak of Allah's taqwa, Allah's fear, if they will remain within the four walls of their homes and understand that great responsibility which Allah gave them, the nurturing and tarbiyat of the next generation of Islam, the nurturing and tarbiyat of the next generations of the flag bearers of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That responsibility was given to them. Do not demean them. Do not pull wool over their eyes and fool them in the, in the, under the guise of gender equality and advancement of female rights, etc. By bringing them out of the home into the marketplace, you are not elevating them, you are demeaning them. You are disgracing them. You are removing from them that special maqam and status. You are removing from them that special honor and dignity which Allah and His Rasul have afforded them. Coming back to what she said, when you will do this, when you will do this, what has happened? Islam or, non, or non-Muslims, any way of life, if a mother is moved away from her biological role, which Allah has chosen for her, what will happen? The family structure will break down. Children will lose their identity. Depression, suicide rate on an unbelievable level. I met one psychiatrist few years ago in England. He mentioned to me about a colleague of his. He said he was a child psychiatrist. So immediately I told him, Bye, do children need psychiatric treatment? He says, my colleague is a child psychiatrist in America. You're talking about children needing psychiatric treatment. If you phone his surgery up, the next available appointment is in three years' time. The entire structure of their social system has broken down. Their children, despite being at home, have become homeless. Their masturat no longer want to bear children. 
the population numbers are, dro- are, are, are dropping, all sorts of problems they are facing, they don't know which direction to turn. She summed this up in one sentence, she said the forces of Batil have spat. The forces of Batil, the Ghair, have spat. And what is the irony? What is the tragedy? What is the sad reality? She said, you people, you people, who? The people of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa The people who have an imam, the people who have a guide, the people who have a role model, the people of the Qur'an, the people of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Instead of solving the melody of humanity, instead of showing them the light and the direction, she said, you people are licking up the spit of the forces of Batik. They have spat, and instead of giving them direction, you are following them. Any culture, any way of life, my respected brothers, give it whatever fancy title you want. If there is no haya, if there is no shame, if there is no modesty, if there is no chastity, it can never be Islam. It can never be the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It can never be the way of my Nabi. No matter what title you put upon it, this drive to adulterate Islam, to change Islam. One of our kabirin, Mala Yunus Puna, rahmatullah alayhi, very often used to give this humorous example. Referring to this verse of the Qur'an, I'll mention the verse just now. What was the example? He says there was one person. His pants was too long. So what he did is he went to his wife. And he told her, you know what, my pants is too long. Can you shorten it a little bit? Just cut a little bit off for me. So obviously it might have been the wrong time of the month. She wasn't in the mood. So she got angry. She said, always you troubling me. Just leave me alone. Go ask your mother to do it for you. Nevertheless, he gave up. Then he went to his mother. Mother also, it was the wrong time. I brought you up, I did everything for you. Now you got a wife, you're still troubling me. Go ask your wife to do it for you. Then he went to his sister, she responded in a similar manner. Finally realizing he was not getting help anywhere, he got tired, so what he did? Is he hung up his lungi or his pants and he went to sleep. Little while later, the wife passed the room, she saw the pants hanging, she saw him sleeping, her conscience was worrying her, so she went, she took the pants down, she cut off one or two inches, she hung it back. Little while later, inadvertently, the mother was passing. She saw the pants, she took it down, her conscience was worrying her, she cut off a few inches, and she hung it back. Then the sister passed after that. She saw the pants, she took it down, she cut off a few inches. So when he woke up, instead of long pants, he finished off with short pants. In other words, there was absolutely no similarity between the original and what it was. And this is what Allah says in the Qur'an, أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْضِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْضِ Will you believe in a portion of the book and reject the rest? Will you adulterate and change the deen of Muhammad wasallam if it doesn't appeal to your masters, if it doesn't appeal to your intellect, if it doesn't appeal to your nafs? فَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Allah says, if you will do this, if you will tread this road, one is stay away from haram, worse than that is this attempt to make haram into halal. 
Worse than the attempt to stay away from haram is the attempt to make haram into halal. Allah says, if you will do this, فَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Allah says, in this world we will disgrace you. We will disgrace you. And still if you will not make tawbah, still if you will not come back to the true deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ Allah says in the akhirat you will have to face even a worse punishment than chastisement. May Allah forgive me, may Allah forgive you. Vacation time, holiday time is not a time to remove the cloak of haya and shame and modesty. It is not a time till for that, till one, two and three in the morning we sit in front of that haram shaitan box where father, mother and children sitting together looking at zina taking place. This is the time, my respected brothers, for us to introspect. This is the time for us to reflect. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I mentioned in the beginning, my Nabi said, Inna likulli deenin khuluqa. Inna likulli deenin khuluqa. He said, every religion... Every religion, every way of life has an akhlaq, it has a character, it has a moral code, it has a shining emblem, it has an identifying characteristic. He said the identifying characteristic, the inseparable entity, the shining emblem, the akhlaq, the character, the mizaj, the temperament of deen Islam is haya. It is shame, it is modesty. Al-haya'u wal-iman, qurana'u jami'a, idha rufi'a ahaduhuma, rufi'a al-akhar. My Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, iman, haya and shame, iman, haya and shame are two inseparable entities. Idha rufi'a ahaduhuma, rufi'a al-akhar. If there is no haya, if there is no shame, if there is no chastity, if there is no, I'm elaborating further, lowering of the gaze. If you will not control your gaze, if there is no haya, there is no iman. Now the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu he said openly, La imana liman la haya alahu. He said that person who is devoid of haya, he is devoid of iman. He said al haya la yati illa bi khair. Wa fi riwayatin al haya khairun kulluhu. He said if you will anoint yourself with haya, with shame, with modesty, this will only bring khair. It will only bring, bring benefit. Another hadith, another riwayat, he said, Al-hayahu khayrun kulluhu. He said, every khayr, every benefit, every goodness is in haya, in shame. What is haya? The verse of the Quran which I mentioned in the beginning. Allah commands, قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُدُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَيَحْفَذُوا فُرُوجَهُمْ These eyes, one riwayat, Yabna Adam, Jaltu laka aynain, Wajaltu lahumul ghita, Fanzur, Bainayka maah laltuhu lak, Fain arada laka maah haramtuhu alayk, Atbik alayhimul ghita. How beautifully it is put. Yabna Adam, O insan, Allah says to you, Jaltu laka aynain, I gave you two eyes. What price are you going to put on the ni'mats and bounties of Allah? Scientifically, look at these two eyes. It is said one millimeter of the eye can accept 30,000 separate points of light in one second. In each eye, Allah has placed 130 million receptors for light. 
130 million receptors for light in each eye call it light bulbs each 10 receptors are connected to one cable 1.3 million wires one a cable of 1.3 million wires runs from these receptors through a tiny hole at the back of the eye what is the size of the whole quarter of a millimeter look at allah shan allah's qudrat a cable of 1.3 million wires passes through a whole size quarter of a millimeter behind that is the retina this retina is surrounded by muscles the muscles flex each time an image falls on it they flex they clear the retina so that the next image can fall this flexing of the muscles around the retina occurs 100000 times a day minimum if the same muscles had to be put into your foot it is the equivalent of walking 70 to 80 kilometers every day you and i our eyes are doing the work equivalent of running the comrades marathon every day yet the eyes do not get tired as a result of this to cut a long story short we're not going to a biological lesson through this allah has set in a system by which you and i are taking eight three dimensional pictures every day 800000 every eight three dimensional picture 10 three dimensional pictures every second 800000 pictures every day there is no camera there is no scientific equipment equipment that can come even close to what allah has given us in these eyes hadith yabna adam ja'altu laka aynain allah says i gave you these two eyes how much did allah charge you and i how much did we have to pay for it ja'altu laka aynain alam naj'al lahu aynain allah says didn't i give you two eyes ja'altu laka aynain wa ja'altu lahum alghita and allah says but what is allah's condition ja'altu lahum alghita I placed a veil over those two eyes. Fanzur bi'aynaika ma ahlaltuhu lak. What is Allah's payment? What does Allah want from us? What is the demand of my Allah to you and I? Allah gave us these two eyes. Millions and billions cannot pay for what Allah gave us. What is Allah's requirement? What is the payment Allah wants? Fanzur bi'aynaika ma ahlaltuhu lak. all allah wants look with these eyes at that which i made halal for you fanzur bi'aynaika ma ahlaltuhu lak fa in arada lak ma haramtuhu alayk atbiq alayhim alghita if that which i made haram upon you comes in front of you looking at the daughters of others looking at zina looking at shamelessness all those various temptations if they come in front of you what is allah's demand simple atbiq alayhim alghita drop the veil drop the veil which i gave you in other words lower the gaze qul lil mu'minina yaghuddu min absarihim wa yahfadhu furujahum quran allah says command them tell the believers yaghuddu min absarihim lower your gaze and what will happen wa yahfadhu furujahum you will protect your chastity muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam do this and what will allah give you do this and what will allah give you may yadman li ma bayna lahyayhi wa ma bayna rijlayhi my nabi said the one whose gaze will be controlled the one who guarantees me muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he will protect 
that which is between his two lips, that is his tongue. Guard the tongue. That is another topic. Second part of the hadith, وَمَا بَيْنَ رِجْلَيْهِ Guard your private parts. Private parts, chastity, Quran tells us, can never be guarded unless we will guard our gaze. The road to guarding and protection of chastity is to guard the gaze. My Nabi said, guarantee me these two things. You will protect this tongue and you will protect your chastity. And I, Muhammad ﷺ say to you, Adman lagul jannah. On the day of judgment, come and demand your jannah from, from, from me. I am your guarantor of jannah. An-nazra, sahmun masmum min sihami iblis. Sahih hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said the gaze is the most poisonous arrow of the arrows of shaitan. I'm going to explain this hadith. Understand it in layman's terms. Ulama say, Awakabirin tell us, just that person who has control over his gaze, Allah will give him such iman, such nur, such taqat, such power, that the world full of shaitan will never be able to deviate him. Allah will give him that nur and that power and that strength. No atom bomb or no system in this world can ever destroy him. Control your gaze, Allah will subjugate the malaika to you. Control your gaze, Allah will give you the nur of iman. Control your gaze, when you close your eyes in this world, your jannah, your, your qabr will become a garden of paradise. There will be nur to the arsh of Allah. Control your gaze and your nur on the day of judgment will be such that no one will be able to stand the glare of your nur. All this is extracted from various riwayat. On the other hand, on the other hand, conversely, Jiska nazar awara ho chuki. Our elders say, the one whose gaze has become free, the one whose gaze has become free, the one whose gaze has become free, such a poison will enter his heart. Such a poison will enter his heart. There is no serum in this world for that poison. That person whose gaze has become free, 1000 Junaid Baghdadis will never be able to make his tarbiyat and enter the nur of iman into his heart. That person whose gaze has has become free. Such darkness and such zulmat will overtake him that his dunya will be destroyed. Allah protect us and his akhirat will be destroyed. Control your gaze. Lower your gaze. Coming back to that hadith, Rasulullah said, the gaze is of the most poisonous of the, poison, of the poisonous arrows of shaitan. My Allah says, Fima yarwihi an rabbihi azza wa jal. Rasulullah is telling us the words of Allah, that the gaze is the most poisonous of the poisonous arrows of shaitan. Man tarakaha min makhafati. Man tarakaha min makhafati. Allah says, each one of us, this vacation time, this holiday time particularly, this time of temptation particularly, listen to this hadith, hadith Qudsi. My Nabi Wasallam says, Allah says, the one who will resist the temptation of the gaze, the one who will lower his gaze, out of what? Min makhafati. Out of the fear of Allah. Out of the khawf of Allah. What will happen? Abtaltuhu imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi. Allah says, in this world I will give him that iman. That iman. That iman. He will taste the sweetness in his heart. I will give him the maza of iman. I will give him the ecstasy of iman. Another hadith. Ma min muslim yanzur ila mahasini imra'atin. 
Rasulullah said, If your gaze by accident fell upon the attraction of a woman, that which Allah made haram for you, your gaze by mistake fell upon it, then what happened? Then out of the fear of Allah, out of the fear of Allah, you lowered your gaze, you lowered your gaze, what will happen? My Nabi Wasallam says, Allah ahillah ahdathallahu lahu ibadatan yajidu halawataha fi qalbihi O kama qala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi sallam Allah in exchange for him lowering his gaze for guarding his chastity Allah will give him such ibadat such nur of ibadat such maza in his ibadat that he will taste the sweetness in this world he will become the wali of Allah he will become the friend of Allah how many youngsters come Mulana making Salah, I can't concentrate. Morana making salah, my heart is not it's, my heart is not in that salah. I find it difficult to make the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. What is the nuska? What is the prescription? What is causing this? My respected brothers can't call karsulina. Listen with the ears of Iman. Listen with the ears of Iman. Like wudu is a condition for salah. Without wudu, there is no salah in exactly the same way. For maza in your salah, for the ecstasy of salah, for the enjoyment of salah, for concentration in salah, in your ibadat, controlling your gaze is a condition. Controlling your gaze is a condition. Controlling your gaze is a condition. Become hard upon yourself. Become hard upon yourself. Lower the gaze. Stay away from the places of temptation. Take that shaitan box and chuck it out of the house. Protect your iman. Protect the iman of your family. Life is short. Life is short. Akhirat is our goal. The pleasure of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is our goal. To meet Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the nur of iman is our goal. For that the condition. Lower the gaze. Lower the gaze. In the time... In the time of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Mawlana Yusuf sahab rahmatullahi in his hayatu sahaba has mentioned this incident. He says there was, it is mentioned there was one youngster. Umar radiallahu anhu used to love him because this youngster was very devout in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naturally very handsome, very attractive. He would spend the entire day in the majlis of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. In the evening, as he would go home, he would pass by the house of a very beautiful woman. What happened? This woman, her gaze fell upon this youngster. She fell in love with him. Feminine wild, she tried everything. Every day she would beautify herself. She would try to entice this youngster, attract this youngster towards haram. One day this youngster, inadvertently, he fell under the Guys, or the trap of this woman. The thought of haram entered the heart. He entered her house also, about to carry out haram, to give in to her desires. At that time, the verse of the Quran came in front of him. Allah says, my people, who are my people? The people of taqwa. The people of Allah's fear, the people of Allah's fear, Aynan, La Tamasuhumun Nar, Thalatha to Ayunin, La Tamasuhumun Nar, my Nabi said, There are three eyes, there are three eyes, there are three eyes, Allah has taken upon Himself, Jahannam will never touch these three eyes. 
Jahannam will be haram on these three eyes. What three eyes? Aynun, harasat fi sabilillah. One is the eye that stayed away, guarding in the path of Allah. Aynun, bakat min khashyatillah. One is the eye, comes in one riwayat, equivalent to a grain, a grain, one solitary tear, pinprick of a tear, reach the corner of that eye, crying in the dead of night before Allah. Allah will make Jahannam haram upon that eye. And what is the third eye? Aynun. Aynun kaffat an maharimillah. That eye, when haram would come in, in front of it, it would lower its gaze. It would not look at haram. The eye of haya, the eye of shame, the eye of controlling the gaze. Rasulullah Wasallam said, Allah has made jahannam haram upon it. Because that is an eye of taqwa. We are insan, we will make mistake. He made a mistake. He made a mistake, but Allah's help was there. Inna ladina taqo, the people of taqwa, the people of the nur of iman. Ida masahum taifum mina shaitan. Sometimes shaitan's touch comes. The temptation overtakes them. They go towards haram. But what happens? Tadakkaru. Allah reminds them of His Qudrat. Allah reminds them of His Shan. Allah reminds them of His Wa'id. Allah reminds them of His warnings. Allah reminds them of Akhirat. Tadakkaru fa'idahum mubsirun. Immediately when the reminder comes, they desist, they pull away. When this verse came in front of the youngster, he fell down unconscious. This woman called a servant. I'm running out of time, cutting the incident short. She carried this youngster, brought him, carried him to the house of his elderly father, knocked at the door and went away. Father opened the door, found his unconscious young child in front. They brought him inside the house. When he regained consciousness, father asked him what happened. Hesitantly, out of shame, he narrated the incident. Father said, my son, tell me, tell me, what verse of the Qur'an caused you? What verse of the Qur'an protected you from haram? He said, it was this verse. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ تَذَكَّرُوا فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْسِرُونَ The people of taqwa, when shaitan's touch comes to them, they will heed, they will remember, and then they will desist from Allah's disobedience. The moment he reads this verse, he falls unconscious again. They shake his body and they find, Inna lillahi wa inna rajun, he has passed away. They bury him at night. The next day, Umar anhu hears about it. He rushes. He rushes to the grave of this youngster. First he says to the father, why didn't you call me? They say, Amirul Mumineen, it was at night, we didn't want to disturb you. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu stands in front of this grave and he addresses the grave. Ya fata, O youngster. O oh, youngster, waliman khafa maqama rabbihi jannatan, the one who will fear, the one who will fear the day when I have to stand in Allah, in front in Allah's court, in front of Allah, the one who will fear that day, he will let the khawf of Allah dictate his actions, cause him to stay away from haram. Allah will give him two jannats. Allah will give him two jannats from the grave. From the grave, the youngster responds, Ya Amir al Mu'minin, O Amir al Mumineen, O Umar, Allah has shown me those two jannats already. Allah has given me those two jannats already. The friends of Allah, yeah, without controlling the gaze, yeah, na mumkin, hey, it is not possible, my respected brothers. Let us come out of this trap. 
this temptation. We are the ambassadors of Islam. We are the ambassadors of Islam. Our Islam is not this Islam, this adulterated Islam. Our Islam is the Islam of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Our Islam, our Haya, our mothers, our guides are Khadijatul Kubra, Aisha umul Mu'minin, Fatima al-Zahra, radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. They are our guides. They are. They are our role models when it comes to Haya, when it comes to shame and chastity. I'm going to terminate on one incident. There is one contemporary author from Pakistan. His name is Ushfaq Ahmad. In his autobiography, he mentions one incident. He says, one day I was sitting in a park in Birmingham. I saw a Jamaat, Pakistani Jamaat, probably a pedal Jamaat. It was time for Salah. They, one youngster led them, they made Jamaat. Jamaat Salah in a park in Europe. What happened? A few teenage girls got curious when they saw this. So they approached. In his biography he writes, I told my wife Banu, let us go closer, maybe they need translation, this looks like something interesting is going to occur. So he says, we got closer, by the time we reached there, we overheard the conversation. These young European girls approached the Amir who had led the Jamaat, youngster. They asked him, do you speak English? He said, yes. So they said, we saw you doing something. What was this you were doing? He said, we were praying. So they said, it's not Sunday, how come you praying? So he said, we pray every day, five times every day. They said, so much praying? So he gave a brief explanation, crux of it. That Allah gives us air to breathe 24 hours a day. Food to eat 24 hours a day. Eyes, ears, heart, everything is working 24 hours a day. Five times a day we show our shukr and gratitude to our Allah. What is the harm in that? Along that line, few questions were asked. That is not the point. The point we want to make pertinent to what we were discussing. After these questions are asked, these youngsters, were, these young girls were very impressed, very satisfied. So as is their culture and understanding, she stretched her hand out. Thank you, goodbye, shake hands, I'm going now. The youngster refused to reciprocate. He didn't give her hand. It's his hand. So she said, please forgive me, have I offended you that you're not prepared to shake my hand? That was her understanding. What was his explanation? He said that I cannot touch your hand because this hand of mine, this touch of mine is an amanat and a trust which belongs to my wife. I cannot share this with anyone else. Ushfaq Ahmad says when these girls heard that response, they burst into tears. And they said, if only, if only we could get husbands like you all in Europe. And on this, in the commentary of this, he writes, he says, today that dawat, that practical dawat and invitation of the chastity and purity of Islam has taken place, which if volumes were written, they would not do justice to it. Tilmizi Sharif Riwayat, my Nabi said, لَأَنْ يُتْعَنَ فِي رَأْسِ أَحَدِكُمْ بِمِخْيَةٍ مِّنْ حَدِيدٍ خَيْرٌ لَهُ مِنْ أَنْ يَمُسَّ إِمْرَاتٍ لَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ My Nabi said, it is better, it is better, it is better, a nail be taken and hammered into your head, than you touching a woman which Allah has made haram for you. We have our culture, we have our imam, we have our role model, we are the ummah of the Qur'an, we are the ummah of Muhammad wasallam. we are the ambassadors of Islam. Do not let our masturad lose the cloak of chastity and modesty. Control your gaze, lower your gaze. Holiday vacation time is not a time of masyad. Holiday vacation time is a time to protect the integrity of our deen and our Islam. Allah give us tawfiq wa